재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Time for pardon your Englishness Learn about English and its oranges And some interesting expressionisms So don't misunderstand us We're literally working our socks off <laughs> Wait, your socks are still on Oh, pardon my English Yes, we welcome you to Pardon My English this week with some completely incorrect phrases because we are looking at the most commonly misused expressions. We've already dealt with literally, uh, which is literally used wrongly all the time. Yeah, figuratively, people... Or just yes. not use it. Yes, just don't, don't use it. If you're not sure whether it's right or not, maybe maybe leave it out. But we do have some corrections for you today. Uh, you may well know all these expressions, and if so, congratulations, because most of the rest of the English-speaking population don't. Yeah, well, I think, including myself, I am guilty as for some of these, you okay. know, whether it be because I know it or not, or just because it rolls off the tongue better. Exactly. You find yourself getting into these terribly bad habits, but mm-hmm. it's good to correct them, and it's good to speak proper English. So we'll start off with the first one, which is deep-seeded. Okay, so the correct expression is deep-seated. Yes. Uh, deep-seated, according to uh, the dictionary, if you look it up, it means deeply entrenched, ingrained, whereas deep-seated has no dictionary entry, so I guess it doesn't even uh, make sense. It doesn't uh, exist in the dictionary. Well, the thing is, they, they both do, because they they're, they're both have a, a, a similar idea to them. So, for example, we use deep-seated ide- ideological differences or a deep-seated infection, a deep-seated loyalty, and some people replace that with deep-seated. Um, but it's to do with it being seated as in firmly fixed in place, mm-hmm. uh, deeply into something else. So it, have, it has its seat far beneath the surface. So in the same way that you have a seat inside of something, you can have a seed placed inside of something. So it makes sense to me why people say deep-seated, but it's wrong. I've heard deep-rooted. Oh, absolutely. That's right. that's also used, and that's mm-hmm. okay. okay. Yeah. So I think that's where people may get confused. So, for example, if you have been misusing this, uh, this expression, you may have misused it in this way. That's right. Uh, and when I say resent, I mean resent with a deep-seated, unhealthy anger that I can't really explain. Uh, this is actually from an article from the Huffington Post. Uh, yes, uh, there are many, many uh, websites, blogs, and in fact, newspapers that get this wrong. Uh, the Washington Post and even the White House website have, uh, have made mistakes using deep-seated instead of deep-seated. That's right. Uh, number two, I've heard... I've I've heard people say say uh, the most interesting, uh, I guess, uh, ensembles with these phrases for all intensive purposes. I've seen, uh, I've heard people say uh, for all extensive purposes oh, really? as well. Well, in fact, you're all wrong because mm-hmm. it's for all intents and purposes. That's intense, I-N-T-E-N-T-S. That's right. I think for this one, it just rolls off the tongue better for all the, for all intensive purposes. You yeah, know. I, th- I think maybe that's where it came from, is that people started saying it correctly, but yeah. then uh, lazy, lazy tonguemanship, sure, or maybe know, lazy pronunciation, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, means that it's, it's changed into for all intensive purposes for some people. It means for all practical purposes, mm-hmm. you know, for all intents and purposes, the case is closed. That's or right. This treaty for all intents 
intents and purposes is no longer viable. Right. So to give you guys an explanation, the cause of the confusion is uh, said because it's rooted in this phonetic uh, similarity, as we can see. Uh, the first recorded use was in the Act of Parliament under Henry VIII in 1546. Um, quote, to all intents, constructions and purposes, the meaning to all intents and purposes is clear. Intents and purposes are words that we aren't likely to come across very often, especially in the 21st century, outside of legal documents and textbooks and things like that. But the phrase, uh, like many other legal phrases before and since, is rather kind of obtuse and difficult to decipher. Like, you know what it kind of means, but not exactly. So I'll just blurt it out there. Hopefully I'm saying it correctly. Uh, Yeah, but the question is, could you care less? I could. Are you sure? I could not care less. (laughs) Yeah, I could care less. This is the one that that is a real bugbear for me and many others. Okay. Because the correct one is, I couldn't care less, which means I do not care at all. That's right. It is not possible for me to care less. Uh, So pick whatever dessert you want. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less about the editor's opinion. I'm just going to write whatever I would want to write. Yeah, like I could care less. I could care less. Then why don't you care less? Exactly. That's the whole point. And maybe it's because it's a British expression um, that that makes me so uh, protective of it. It it moved to the United States in the 50s. um, And then about a decade later, I could care less started being used. Uh, And the thing is, it, it... it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't work. There's uh, Stephen Pinker, who's a very famous language writer, professor at Harvard. He says that most people use it uh, sarcastically, or ironically, um, uh, but many people think it's just sloppiness of speaking. Okay, sloppiness. Uh, uh, yeah. So you uh, you say they could care less, but it's but it's illogical, as yeah. you said before. You couldn't care less means it's impossible to care less. Yeah. However, I could care less means if I wanted to, I, I could, could care actually less. care less. So which means you do care. At least a little bit. Uh, yeah. So uh, so the problem is it's been gaining ground since the 1960s, which means, uh, well, uh, I, I, could, I could care less about it. I actually care quite a lot about it. Right. Yeah, I think this one we all need to fix a little bit. The next one, I actually, if I have heard about it, then I don't remember. It's called shoe-in, like your shoes, uh, spelled S-H-O-E-N. In, but the correct expression is actually S-H-O-O, like shoot away in. So this basically means um, a person, or you describe it as a person or thing that is certain to succeed, especially someone who is uh, certain to win a competition or the Olympics, you know? Absolutely. So, for example, they strode like a colossus over the catwalks this spring and were a shoo-in to become the biggest fashion trend of 2011. He says some of his supporters thought he was a shoo-in, so they didn't bother voting. Uh, yes, so this this is using the word shoo, S-H-O-O, the verb which means to uh, urge something in a desired direction, You usually by by waving one's arms. I don't know whether you ever sang the song Shoo Fly, Don't Bother Me when you were a kid. Uh, I just said it. <laughs> shoo. Was it a song? Shoo Fly, Don't Bother Me. Shoo Fly, Don't Bother Me. Shoo Fly. No. No. Never mind. Uh, I'm obviously a lot older <laughs> than you. Um, so, for example, you're, you're pushing someone into the in, into into this field of award nominees or to this field of athletes, for example, and you don't have to hesitate because you know they're going to win. Uh, it comes from the early 20th century uh, to do with horse racing. Okay. Uh, that uh, you had a horse that you knew was going to win, so you pushed them into that particular race to, uh, to uh, fix it. It would be a safe bet for you. Uh, It became more popular in the 1930s and the 1940s. And then by the 1960s, it was being used outside of horse racing and in general parlance. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. The next one. I've, I've used this. Piqued my interest. 
P-E-A-K-E-D, like the peak of a mountain, peak to my interest, actually is the wrong expression. The correct spelling is P-I-Q-U-E-D, my interest. So for an example, um, the advertisement piqued my curiosity about the product. Or the professor tried to pique the student's interest in French literature. <laughs> Again, it's it's easy to see where the confusion came from because, uh, well, they're, they're, they're homonyms, they're, they're pronounced the same, but a peak is a glance or a quick look, whereas to peak is to, uh, well, P-I-Q-U-E is to arouse. Mm-hmm. So we use uh, peak your interest to arouse your interest, meaning Excite. your interest is awakened, oh, okay. excited. Yes. Sure. I think for the P-E-A-Q, we think it's at, as the highest point. Yes. So we think that uh, my interest is at its highest point or things like that. When well, you in reality, think wrong. Sure, it is P-I-Q-U-E-D. Yes, time to uh, hone in on our final expression, or should that be home in? Mm. Although we may use hone in for most, if not all of our expressions, home in is generally accepted uh, as the correct phrase. So uh, this is a mistake people make all the time. Often people misuse the word hone uh, by placing it in sentences where it doesn't really belong. But it's simple confusion uh, that can be cleared up by uh, by understanding its definition. So in verb form, home, as in to home in on, means to move or to be aimed towards or to destination, or yeah. maybe a target with uh, accuracy. Yeah, think of accuracy. Top Gun. Think of Tom Cruise flying a plane okay. and homing in, homing in on the enemy target, mm. for example. Uh, whereas to hone is to sharpen or make more accurate. So you hone your skills or you hone your abs by doing 100 sit-ups. But uh, when you use it within... It should be home in, not hone in. Interesting. I learned a lot, especially shoe in. I never actually heard of that one. Well, there we go. There's lots to learn, so do make sure you don't make the same mistakes that we sometimes make and mm-hmm. uh, improve your English. We'll wrap up this segment and uh, the end of part three with another song. It's Weezer. Pardon me. Pardon <laughs> me.